<laughs> have you seen the, the old, uh, like any of the old magazine advertisements where it's like, nine out of ten doctors say Marlboros are the, are the cigarette to smoke, you know? Yeah. Or the <laughs> smoke camels, the doctor's choice. <laughs> Tell you what, medical professionals have been dishing out solid advice like that for a long time. Yeah. It's really impressive. Uh <laughs> Camel cigarettes brought to you by Pfizer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Welcome to Deutero Cannons. I'm Byron, and with me as always is Justin. Party on, Justin. Party on, Byron. And this is episode 40-something. 48. I'm not, I'm, is it 48? It's 48. I think that's your job now. You just keep track of that. I'll try. <laughs> and so episode 48, and uh, yeah, so like, share, subscribe, po- uh, comment, but most of all, tell a friend. I told a friend this week. Have you told any friends, Justin? Well, I did talk with a friend who was apparently already <clears throat> listening, so that was pretty cool. I wonder how he found out. I think from me. Do you because want, I think I told told that friend previously. Did you like share it with him, or he went looking for it? You think? Uh, I I think I just shared it with him. Do you want to shout out to him, or just let him remain anonymous? I'm gonna let him remain anonymous. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, want. But to, I might have him on here eventually. We don't want people to know that people know that we know that, that they listen. Right. Does that work? We wouldn't. We wouldn't want that. And not, not without some sort of permission slip. As always, we'd like to plug our other podcast, the Allensville Church of Christ Christ Podcast. <laughs> Uh, this week we have just a weekly sermon from yours truly, Byron Travis, and then uh, we will be, excuse me, posting some historic content later this week. Kind of what we're waiting on is to uh, get a little bit more information on on the gentleman who who speaks, Mr. J.D. Yarbrough, and we just want to. So if you're listening and you know anything about J.D. Yarbrough, <laughs> there you go. Please let us know. Yeah, I just want to give our speakers their due. Um, although I started listening to to the sermon and it's pretty interesting. He's talking about prayerlessness hmm. lack of prayer well i've heard his his son and his grandson and some other relation of his speak uh before and and those were those were pretty memorable so i would think that the the patriarch of that clan would yeah would would have some good things to say all right so have we done our due, due diligence uh by the internet we've we've been due and we've been diligent all right and so, Justin, you are up this week? Yes, I am. After a double dose of Byron and Fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's back to Justin. What do, you, what do you got for us? Okay, well, I guess we have a title, which is, is not always the case or something that I have to think about pretty hard. And uh, this week it's Taste and See that the Lord is Good. Ah. Or maybe for like the title, just to make it a little bit shorter, we could just say Taste and See. Taste and See. Yeah, so as I was riding around this week listening to podcasts and music and and things of that nature but mostly i think podcasts Mm -hmm. i was sitting at a stoplight and it it just struck me just that that verse taste and see that that the lord is good so i think we'll start there and read where it comes from it's psalm 34 psalm 34 (laughs) yep psalm 34 oh i meant to get you it's it's okay i've got a number of translations here available for me technologically, even though that's not usually the way that I roll. Uh, it can be tonight. Well, what, what version do you have? NIV. 
Okay, so I'll I'll just go with that. I don't know. Do I have NIV 1984? I'm kind of biased. That's interesting that they have like different years of it. And then uh, you ever use Bible Gateway on the internet? Yeah. They've, there's also an NIV UK. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's anglicized. I think you have to read it in an English accent. Of course you do. I will extol the Lord at all times. That sounds terrible. Thanks a that? lot, Eric Idle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounded like almost Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my English accent's terrible. And often it's it's like Cockney. <laughs> you know? Well, if it makes you feel any better, your American <laughs> accent is terrible. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, and I yeah. So there are just some aspects of the uh, the latest iteration of the NIV that I'm not a not a fan of. If I, when I read the NIV, I prefer the yeah. the 1984. <clears throat> right, that's, so, that's basically the authorized version. Let's face it. So 34.8, I assume, <clears throat> is that where we're going? Right. Well, we're going to read the whole thing. Read the whole thing. <clears throat> So the context here is that this is a psalm of David when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech who drove him away and he left. And so this is what this is what he, he said um, in, in light of that situation. Now in the NIV, so I don't have it on here, but in, in your actual print copy of the NIV, do you have, does it show that it's an acrostic or do you have a footnote that shows that it's an acrostic? Yeah, it says this psalm is an acrostic with the successive. Or sorry, this psalm is an acrostic with the excessive successive in Hebrew texts. Right, so it's it's like a miniature version of Psalm one nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Which that's really interesting, and we're not we're not really going to touch on that. But, um, so would you like to help us out by by reading this this whole thing? Yes, and I'll make it up to you by not making you read something else later. Okay. All right. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man, call, this poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. So you see it has 22 verses, and that's because there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So every successive verse begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. 
So back to taste and see that the Lord is good. So what do you what do you make of that? What what do you think about that verse? Um, hold on, I'm scanning to see what the notes might say. But I guess you know this this kind of goes back a little bit to excuse me when I was talking about foretaste, and so sure I think it's interesting how in the Bible, like the many different ways uh, the writers or, or even Jesus himself uh, try to explain god and you know biblical concepts to us and i think one of the many ways they do that is appealing to or relating it to the senses mm-hmm. you know i'm reminded of uh goodness like our sacrifices or i guess in i think in the new testament it kind of makes this this analogy our worship being a, a pleasing aroma to yes. god yeah and so um i think this might be another i guess that's what comes to mind here is this idea of of, I mean, taste, right? So taste and see that the Lord is good. Like, you know, um, <clears throat> like, you know, if something doesn't taste good. Yes. Right. Absolutely. We do. And so it's, it's, it's one way to, it's kind of like, uh, goodness. What is it that Paul says about testing? Like put, put the Lord to the test or, or something like that. It sounds familiar, but I can't pull up a, yeah. A, like chapter and verse. Yeah, you know what I'm saying though, right? Like it's basically like it's like he's saying like not 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 that not to test the Lord, but to man, I got to find it now. Okay, that that sounds a lot like something that's said and I believe Malachi where it's talking about tithing to the Lord or giving to the Lord and that you can test the Lord in in this sense that if if we if we give to the Lord then then he will he will give in return. And that that he gives over and abundantly beyond what we give, so I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe you're thinking of that. Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'll have to find it. <clears throat> All right. So so while while you're while you're thumbing through, let, let's think let's think some about. Um, so of course this is not exactly literal when it says taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, Com- did you find it? Yeah. Okay. Miss, it's that Roman, was fast. It's in Romans 12. Okay. So this would be, is this part of two still? Yeah. Two, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able oh, to test and, and approve what, what God's, God's will is. His, his good, good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I'm saying like, not, not that you're testing God, but I mean, I guess to use this analogy, you're tasting it. Like try, try, okay. try this out, you know? Try, test God's will. See, see if see how it works for you. you try, try this will on. See how you look in it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That, that's that's a really good point. Um, so so let let's talk about taste and and I guess this the symbolism of that word is it like a taste test. Okay. Yeah. We know all about taste tests because we've been to Sam's. <laughs> that's right. And if you make enough laps, you can get a four taste, five taste, even a sixth taste there. Preferably, I mean, as many tastes as you can, as you can get before they they kick you out. That's for, right. I don't know, causing a civil disturbance. <coughs> if they turn you away, though, then you can just go up to the front and get a hot dog for a dollar. Those are pretty good hot dogs. They are. It, you would have to be at a minor league baseball game to have a hot dog that approaches the Sam's hot dog. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So taste. 
Let's think literally about that to help us get a better sense of, of what it means symbolically. Okay. All right. So what's taste? Okay. What, how, how does it function even physiologically? You know more about sciencey stuff than I do. Yeah. Let's see how much I know about it. Um, I mean, your taste buds are on your tongue. Uh, you know, your tongue is going to be connected via a cranial nerve to your brain. And based on how those, you know, receptors are stimulated. And that's the thing is your tongue, there's different parts of your tongue. Uh, there's different taste buds on different parts of your tongue. So like, I, I couldn't tell you what they are. I could bring it up, but it's like, you know, one section of your tongue tastes sweet. The other section of the tongue tastes more of the bitter stuff and the salty mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah, you know, so, so the tongue is an organ that, that can, that can sense, uh, I guess flavor. Yeah, but but various various flavors. Yes, it's uh, it's not a one trick pony. Correct, so to speak. Yep. Okay. So, and and I guess you might say that it functions to. Um, well, it's it's a it's a foretaste. Like if it touches the tongue, and you're like, oh, this seems like a good idea, then you can proceed on to full ingestion. Yeah. But the the mouth is sort of a sort of a trial because it's easier to get something out of your mouth than it is to get it out of your stomach. Yeah. I you know it's funny you I don't know if this is this is helpful. That reminds me of the edible plants test. Oh, okay. I'm very interested in this. <laughs> okay. So, which here's something that's interesting to think about for all you uh vegetarians out there. There are very few animals that you eat that'll kill you if you eat them. Con on the other hand, there are very few plants that you can eat that won't kill you. Yikes. In the grand scheme of things. And so like in survival training, like there's no edible, there's no edible animal test in survival training. Okay. If you can kill it, you can eat it, you know, <laughs> but there's an edible plants test and it's something like, you know, if you have a plant and you're not sure if it's edible, you start off and you rub a little bit, little bit of it on your skin and then you wait five minutes. Okay. And then you'll take another little piece and you rub it on your mouth. And then you wait five minutes. And after that, you'll tear off a piece and like touch it to your tongue. And then you wait five minutes. And then you'll take a little piece and put it in there and chew it up and spit it out. And then you wait another five minutes. And still nothing then. You take another little piece, chew it up and swallow it. And then you wait five minutes. And it's like only at that point do you, uh, you know, can you just determine whether or not you can ingest it or not. Man. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, like that's, that's really involved. So it's this whole process. Yeah. And I imagine like. I feel like that taste would be one of the indicators that something isn't something you want to ingest, mm -hmm. you know? Right. So if, so let's say that we're grilling mm -hmm. and something gets, I mean, I know people like to, to toast marshmallows and, and get those dudes just totally torched. Yeah. And then somehow they still let that thing slide down their gullets. Right. I don't really know how they do that. But if you have a piece of chicken, let's say, yeah, and you leave it on the grill too long yep. and it's, it's really indistinguishable from a charcoal briquette. <laughs> yep. And you're like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to be wasteful. And it's kind of my fault that the chicken's burned in the first place. Right. So I sort of owe it to my, my, my family, to the chicken, and I guess to really all of the Lord's creation yeah. to, try to, to try to stomach this piece of this animal that, that I've mangled. You take, take your knife and try and like scrape some of the char off of it. Right. And, and, then, and then you... Uh, however much you're able to get off, if any, and then you start chewing on it, and it becomes a really bad idea really quickly. Yeah, it's all dried out, and right, and it it it. I mean, I guess it's still technically a a piece of a chicken, but 
it's pretty indiscernible from any other thing that's burned. Yeah. So you, you taste and see that the chicken is really burnt and you ought to just throw it to a dog. Right. Okay, so it's it's easier to get stuff, bad stuff, out of your mouth than it is to get bad stuff out of your gut. Correct. Okay, so it, it really is this this place of, of trial and of experimentation. Yeah. And and of discernment, though, mm-hmm. at, at, the, at the same time. Right, right, yep. All right, so taste and see that that the lord is good all right so so this is this is uh metaphorical or it's it's an it's an analogy this is this is not literal it's not to say that that the lord is ingestible so anyway that's that's what i was chewing on mm-hmm. Ooh. as i was i was as i was riding around a bit this week and i thought okay so how taste and see that the lord is good how do we do this so on the one hand you might say well, I don't know. I'm going to throw this over to you. What would you say would be like the really common like white bread Sunday school explanation of that? Of that passage, taste and see that the Lord is good. Right. Just like the the, the most surface level um, like chicken soup for the soul explanation. Oh, I don't know. I really put you on the spot for that. Yeah. I guess I'm hard. I'm, I'm I'm having trouble getting to a more elementary version of it now that we've talked about what we've talked about. Okay. Well, then I'll I'll try. Is okay. That cool. I'll try. Yeah. God is good. <laughs> okay. And and it and it would probably completely leave out the taste part. Yeah. And it would just just focus on that predicate of value. Yeah. The the good part. Okay. It's just yeah. It's just you know knowing God is good and that He does good stuff and you know He'll do good stuff for you and He wants you to go to heaven. Yeah. I can see. You know, that. it's good, right? I mean, doesn't that sound good? That does sound good. It sounds really good and easy. Yeah, good and easy. Good and easy. I don't even have to think that hard, <laughs> if at all. Right. Okay. So again, I, I was chewing. I on mean, the, really, when it comes to uh, tasting, you're spoon feeding it to me at that point, right? Right. Which is preferable. Yeah. Right. So I thought that. So I started thinking about taste and the fact that we can discern different kinds of tastes. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that, that maybe part of that might be to consider, I mean, you know, like doing a, doing a taste test, you know, we, we've had like, you know, appetizer samples or like, you know, Missy and I have been to places where, uh, like a, a tea house or something that has maybe four or five or eight different kinds of tea and, and small, small servings so that, you know, you don't have to pick this one thing. You can kind of see, you know, w- what it is that you might, you might enjoy. So I thought that we, it might be helpful to think about a scripture as opposed to something else that's out in the culture. Okay. So it really is, I guess, an application of, I guess you might say what our theme verse is, conform no longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, mm-hmm. which you've, you've already, right, you, that, yeah, yeah, you've already referenced that tonight. And so I think that taste and see that Lord is good might be another way of saying, you know, recognize the difference between the patterns of the world and the patterns of the Lord. Okay. And so he, here's one way that I, that I wanted to do this. So again, um, I'm, I'm sitting there at a stoplight chewing on this and I actually like pulled out my phone and like swiped some notes really quickly uh, about it so that I, I wouldn't forget But the, po- there, there was a poem that came to mind 
right away. And it, it might be one that you, you've heard before because this is a pretty common poem for people to read in like basic college English classes or high school English classes. Okay. Have you ever heard of a poem called Invictus by William Ernest Henley? I believe so. All right. Yeah, and there was a movie called Invictus about, I guess, Nelson Mandela. And I forget, maybe it's maybe it's somewhat connected or maybe it references that poem. I don't know, but this is a very famous poem. <coughs> it's It's from the Victorian period. And before I read the poem, I wanted to say a little bit about this guy, okay. just to give some background for who William Ernest Henley was. So when he was a kid, he came down with tuberculosis in his foot, which I, I don't like the bones of his foot. Okay. So I, I didn't know that was a thing. It has some that sort either. of disease name. It's named after a person, but not after. It's not Henley's disease. It's like Potts disease or something like that. Okay. So kind, kind of a, a bad deal. And he had to have, I guess when he was a kid, have a foot amputated. And then at, at another point, I think he had to have some other part of his leg amputated later on in life. But then maybe, I think he finished his life with maybe one good leg. Mm-hmm. Died when he was 53. So clearly, he, he had you know disability and enormous difficulty throughout the majority of his life. Yeah, you know um, it's all, all all the sympathy in the world uh, to to this guy. <clears throat> so I, I want to read this poem, Invictus, and Invictus means unconquerable. Okay, unconquerable. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit, from pole to pole. I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Hmm. So taste and see that the Lord is good. If we if we can recognize, okay, this is what the world puts out. Yeah. But then on the other hand, here's what the Lord has, or, you know, here's what the pattern of the world inspires, and here's what the patterns of the Lord mm-hmm. inspires. And we've got William Ernest Henley, who, who, who really has, who really had a, a difficult life, seemingly plenty to be angry about. Yeah. Even. It's, it's understandable that, that he would be, you know, not just not just bummed out about not having a foot for the majority of his life, mm-hmm. but, but you know, just good and angry. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, Jesus says, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. It's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean. Yeah. But what comes out. Right. And this, this is what came out of William Ernest Henley. Yeah. Produced out of some obviously very serious personal struggles. 
So since we've already read Psalm 34, I, w- I wanted to also go back to Psalm 34 to see if Psalm 34 might give us any ideas that contradict or stand in opposition to the ones that, that Henley has shared here. So I'm going to read this one more time, and then we'll go back to Psalm 34, and we'll, we'll try to find what God thinks about this topic. So Invictus, out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. <coughs> so now back to, uh, and, and clearly he he's he's not just angry at, at life in general. He, he's he's this this invective is hurled at the Lord Himself. I mean, you have in that last stanza. Well, I mean, it sounds just really prideful. You know, it does. It does. Like it. It doesn't matter how straight the gate. It doesn't matter how filled with punishments the scroll. You yeah. know, that's a clear reference to what the scriptures say about what everyone's future is. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I. I don't care. I'm going to do what I say because I say so. I I also kind of just don't believe him. Okay, go 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 on. Well, I, I don't know. It just reminds me of like, I don't know. You're like, you're a teenager. You have any friends who are like, you know, they would behave a certain way. And when you'd say like, what, what? I don't know when you maybe said something to him about it. Like, well, I, I don't care. I don't care what people think. It's like, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> I think you're behaving yeah. that way because you want, you do care what people think. You want attention. You want, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I guess it's kind of the same thing here where, uh, I don't know. It just comes across as somebody who probably is in a very dark and sad place. And his response to that is to act as though it doesn't bother him. Maybe just so people are like, wow, look at him. He's so strong. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and, and back to the first stanza, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. Oh, cool. He doesn't, he doesn't think there's just one God. He's like, all. He's questioning everything. Yeah, like maybe there are gods and maybe there aren't gods, but maybe they're gods, but maybe not. But the thing about my unconquerable soul, I mean, so it's one thing to say, you know, I've had a, I've had a really hard life and I, I've, I've tried hard to not let circumstances that seem to be beyond my control embitter me mm-hmm. toward toward life and the, the, the people around me. Not that that's not that that's an easy thing to say, but I think that I think what he's saying here is a lot easier to say than something else. Yeah. But also like his his unconquerable soul. He's dead. Yeah. He made it to 53. 
and his soul was conquered. Yeah. Like he, he did not, he did not keep living. What was the part he said about uh, fear or being scared? Uh, let's see. Fear, fell clutch. Oh, I have not, w- in the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. So I guess. <clears throat> oh, uh, and yeah, the else. menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. Right. So I guess there's a couple things there. <clears throat> uh, you know, I guess comparing the two, in Psalm it says, the righteous cry out. And the Lord hears them; He delivers them from all their troubles. Yeah. And then the idea of of of, of not being f- fearful or scared. I guess again, contrasting the two: fear the Lord for His holy people; for those who fear Him, lack nothing. So I, I guess that's just maybe a simple contrast. But then also, again, I guess I guess I'll reiterate: like, I don't believe Him to say that you're not scared. I mean, certainly there are things that we're just not afraid of. <clears throat> but when you're in truly like dire c- circumstances, like saying you're not afraid—that's that's what people. I don't know. Like you ever hear they talk about courage isn't being isn't not being afraid. Courage is you know performing despite your fear. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there are so many verses here that that really do seem to offer a completely different take on what we do with the problem of human suffering. Yeah. And it, it, it also, it doesn't, it doesn't ignore like Psalm 34 doesn't ignore the suffering. Mm-hmm. doesn't act like it's, it's unimportant. Yeah. And uh, there are some Christians who do go there who think that faith means denying that the bad thing is afoot. Yeah. Uh, th- th- there, there are people who, who I, who I know and, and who, and who, whom I know of who have, who, who who have suffered from cancer and they've they've declared that they're already healed and that the lord has the victory therefore i mean like they, they they don't how, how how do i say this they they refuse to acknowledge the the reality of their sickness yeah which i i don't i don't mean that 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 the sickness is the ultimate reality, or that it's the final reality. Um, but you know, because they think they are healed already, or that they will be healed, they can't they can't say, "Well, I'm I'm sick." And I think, like, man, that's not that's not the picture that we're given in the scriptures. Yeah, you know, the the lepers didn't come to Jesus and say, "Well, Jesus, we believe you you've already healed us, so thank you." You know, like they, yeah, they, they were they were honest about their their infirmity or uh, Naaman, right? You know, the guy who who got dipped in the pool uh, in in the Jordan River. In the Jordan River, yeah, dunked yeah. himself seven times in in the in the Jordan yeah. River, and so no, the the, the scriptures never it it doesn't seem like the the scriptures are are telling us to ignore negative situations or, or act as if uh, oppression, sickness, uh, despair, um, bereavement. I, I don't think that, that, that we're ever taught to, to 
treat those things as if they don't actually exist or because of the the final victory that's or the victory that is coming in Christ future tense means that all of our current sufferings whatever they might be actually do not in fact exist I'll tell you something else this reminds me of and yeah tell me if this makes sense uh again I was listening to a little bit of uh J.D. Arbro's sermon before we got started tonight and like i said before he's talking about prayerlessness in the church and one of the things he said is what that is a uh, manifestation of is see if i can say this the way he said it it's uh instead of uh, appealing to the spirit trying to solve fleshly problems with the flesh say that again so rather than appealing to the spirit whether than offering things up in prayer we attempt to, to solve fleshly problems with the flesh. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm saying is that th- this poem kind of reminds me of that in that <clears throat> I have earthly problems and yeah. I don't need God's help. Right. You know? Right. And I like, I mean, there, and there's probably not even a God or gods, but you know, maybe, but it doesn't really matter because I'm real. I'm really, I'm the one who's important. Yeah. I got this. Like I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I am the one who matters, period. Right. And that's, 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 I mean, that, that's one way of approaching things, I reckon. Well, I think time will bear that out, though. <clears throat> yeah, it will. Reality will bear that out. He's dead. Correct. No, of course, we, we may, we may die too, but we have, well, we can conduct life differently now because we have hope for a future right so some other uh, some other verses in psalm 34 uh this poor man called and the lord heard him think about think back to the poem where it's like yeah you know i i make this cry and you know maybe the god's here but probably not it doesn't really matter but here we we have we, we have david talking about how he how he did call out to the Lord and the Lord the Lord heard him so David recognized that his circumstances were one way uh-huh. then he called on the Lord and then his circumstances were different and I, I do think that we make a mistake in assuming that always and everywhere that those differences necessarily manifest in the physical realm although they can like m- miracles can in can occur internally and externally and 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 both right. and 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 everything that, that that might be might be in between uh let's see taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the one who takes refuge in him like think about how how, how much that's different than i mean so henley is taking refuge in himself right and and that's really suspect because the self is something that can and will die yeah uh, let's see. Fear the Lord, you holy people. So again, it's not that there's nothing to fear. It's just the ultimate thing to fear is is the Lord. Verse 12. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. Man, th- that's that's a huge contrast. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. Okay, here's what to do. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies turn from evil and do good seek peace and pursue it you know you were talking about how when you when you listen to henley's poem that you don't really 
<clears throat> you don't really believe him. Like you, re- you really don't think that he's he's actually e- being honest even with himself. Yeah, I mean, it's I think he's lying to himself. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe maybe he knows it, and maybe it doesn't. I, I think that. I think that probably more because the Lord has set eternity in the hearts of man. I think that that when people make statements like he's making, there 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 probably is a part of that person who recognizes that that this, yeah yeah that's not really how it is. But 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 still, uh, continue the the fiction. Well, and you, you think when it comes to, uh. Problems, and I don't mean necessarily like illnesses, but uh, you know, there are other conditions. Like, let's take like alcoholism for example. Mm-hmm. You're not going to solve that problem unless you admit you have one. And it seems, and you know, I think one of the characteristics of of people with when it comes to addiction is is that they don't think that they have a problem, or at least it's not one. You know, they, they may tend to minimize it, or maybe they have a problem. They just they they don't want to fix it. You know, it's a dependency. Um, but I mean, like I said before, you can pretend that that's not a problem, but but time will bear that out. Reality will bear that out, and and there's going to be, uh, you know, there are going to be repercussions, second, third, third order effects, you know, to those lies. And so, again, I mean, at, at the end, well, I won't say the only person you're hurting is yourself. Certainly, you can be, you can hurt other people. But you, you're really just doing no one any good if you're telling lies, particularly if you're lying to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So um, speaking of lies and truth, I think that there's even more truth in this in this psalm that is is really good news. So my my next question for you is: Can you find Jesus in Psalm 34? Oh man. Uh, Is it is it in the area that we were like getting close to there? Okay, yeah, it is towards the end. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's looking. I don't know. He's looking. I don't know. I see all these parts where the the Lord's like rescuing in one form or another. Th- that actually is a good point. That's not what I was what I was thinking, but that that's valid since Yeshua means the Lord saves. Okay. And you you could say that this whole experience that that David had being being rescued by the Lord from from Abimelech because he experienced temporal temporal salvation in this particular instance. Yeah. It's a foretaste of the salvation that would eventually come in Christ. So, I mean, are you talking about the Lord will rescue his servants? No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned? Mm-hmm. Nope. I mean, I, you, you, you're, you're right, but there's, there's a prophecy in here regarding Jesus. Okay, I give up. You give up? Yeah. Oh, man. We can't have a bunch of dead air of me reading through the passage again. I, 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 I could have sung a song. You already did. It was we, terrible. Okay, we... That wasn't nice. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? Touche. <laughs> so he, here it is. Uh, <clears throat> verse 20. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. 
Mm. That's that's a prophecy of Christ, and that's referred to in the Gospels. Yeah, you know that not one of his bones was right was broken. Yep. So I I find it interesting that that we really can understand Psalm thirty four. You know, we're right in the middle of it. It says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." That this this experience that David David had before Abimelech is itself a tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. And if that's the case, then we shouldn't be surprised to find lots of correlations between that situation and Christ. And we find that that's true to such an extent that there's even a prophecy embedded in the, in the tail end of the Psalm. Hmm. So I, I just find that to be very interesting. Also, and in, in contrast to Invictus, you know, unconquerable, well, the unconquerable one is Christ. Like it's it's not me. I'm I'm not uncon. I'm conquerable. Yeah. You're you're conquerable. Uh, all nations and tribes and tongues are, in general, collectively and individually, conquerable. Yeah. But Christ is unconquerable since you know he he defeated death. Yeah. All the rest of us are subject to that, but Christ Christ no longer is. So we do have a choice to make. Am I the captain of my fate? Or am I the master of my fate? Am I the captain of my soul? Or am I going to look somewhere else yeah. for that? Because I guess you could say that, that that's, that's inescapable. Yeah. Everyone, everyone has and is going to have a God or gods. Mm-hmm. The question is, who or what and then once the who or and the what is established and the question is why what well, makes me think of this idea of Christ being the head you know absolutely go and, on and so if you're if you are tasting something and there's any indication that something other than Christ is the head or is in the place of the head i.e. the captain <clears throat> uh, then you know that that is not a thing that you should be consuming Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, while we were talking about this earlier, it occurred to me. You know, you think you th- think that there are things that taste good but are harmful. Sure. You know, I mean, I guess the extreme I go to is I think of like you know antifreeze or I guess that would be was that ethyl alcohol. Yeah. Anyways, like you don't you don't want that out in the garage because you know anim- when when your dog when your dog tastes that it's going to taste and think that it's good. But the reality is if it ingested it, it's harmful. Right. And so, I mean, I guess it's not going to be as easy as, mm, what's this? That's terrible, you know? Right. Well, the thing with the Lord is that the Lord tastes good, so to speak, and actually is. Mm-hmm. Like there's, uh, well, it's, it's accurate. Well, and I guess I was thinking about this earlier, too, because it's this idea of taste and see. Now, I'm assuming that doesn't mean taste and also see, as in, like, look at it. It's taste and then give it time and see like, what, what happens. Like experience and recognize. R- right. There you go. Rec- taste and recognize. And so then there is also that. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, as I get older, you know, as, as Jessica and I get older, I mean, I'm just, I'm just far more, um, and not as much as I should be, but I'm, I'm far more concerned with what I'm putting in my body than I was when I was like 18. 
You know, like the days of Hot Pockets and Mountain Dew, those are gone. Oh, man. You know? Yeah, but the, yeah, that those were never good ideas. No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gone are the days of the six double cheeseburgers right. in a single setting. But I mean, you think of all the things that, you know, especially again, through your teenage years, early adulthood that you put in your body that tasted pretty good. And you weren't concerned with what the, like maybe the long-term effects were or even relatively short-term. Um, and so, I mean, I I guess that's, I guess that's the, the discernment piece of this, let's say is the and see part because it's not, it's not just tasting. It's also maybe kind of an ongoing evaluation of, of like, what is the fruit of this thing that, that you're tasting, that you're consuming. Well, so I think I think uh, coming now to my to my final thought, so taste and see that that the Lord is good, or experience and and recognize that the Lord is good. I, I think that that's very much connected to um, the first chapter of Proverbs, where it says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline." Yeah. So if we have taste and see, and and so we're, we, we've talked about see a lot. I mean, taste a lot. We haven't talked about see a whole lot. But I, I was talking about this with with Ellie just today, but before I came, we were talking about how there are some things that are always good, and there are some things that that are always bad, and there are some things where it depends on the situation. Right. I mean, like, I don't know. I said one of the examples was being loud and uh, loud and something. Rambunctious. Yes, yeah, something like that. I'm like, so is that bad? Yeah. She's depends. like, no. I said, it depends, doesn't it? Like, it depends on where you are and, and what if, if there are other things that ought to be done. Um, uh, an- another example was asking questions. One of the things that we we say frequently is obey first. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with questions. I said, you know, as long as it's something that you actually know how to perform. I mean, so if, if we say do X, but you don't know how to actually do that. Yes. Ask a question, but don't, don't say, I don't know how to do that. Ask a question about how to do it because then it's clear that you know, you really want to obey and you just don't quite know how to in this situation. But if it's something that you know how to do, obey first. And I said, if you obey first, after you obey, you can ask as many questions as you please Yeah. about, about the situation and about why. Like, yeah, a- ask why. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But don't do that on the front end. Okay, I told her that, that there's a word for that. There's a word for recognizing what's always good. And what's always, as opposed to what's always bad. And then those things that are dependent on context to know what the right time is as opposed to the wrong time for Mm -hmm. those things. I said there's a word for being able to sort all that out. Mm -hmm. It's wisdom. Yeah. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So fearing the Lord, I think... Because fear, I think that's maybe an initial reaction. And so that's, that's the tasting, perhaps. Yeah. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So if you have that initial reaction to the Lord, and, but you recognize in that that he is good, yeah. well, that, that, that is, that's, that's the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of seeing 
the difference between the things that are that are good and the things that aren't you know as you're talking about that reminds me of something i think i've said it on here before but that you know uh everything is poisonous it's just a matter of dose yeah yeah you know? that's right and so I, I remember a conversation i was having with my sister one time uh she and her husband or my brother-in-law <clears throat> they're trying out a new diet where they're eliminating all sugar and i was like you're eliminating all sugar like when you know <laughs> because I, I was telling her it's like you know i've been on doing physical events where i can feel in my body that like i need sugar like i'm i'm just mm-hmm. dragging right now you know and and like and i've experienced that where like whenever i've done the like long road marches and things like that i always would carry some hard candy in my pocket because mm-hmm. when you start to feel depleted you pop that in your mouth and you can start absorbing it through the capillary beds and you, you'll come back a little bit you know yeah but the thing with sugar is that we also know like how in in, in large quantities it's a problem right and so well, you, large large consistent quantities right. especially <clears throat> and so here we have something that tastes good but because it tastes good like where the wisdom comes into play is like oh I could see where this would be dangerous. Right. You know? Right. So I need to be careful with this. Mm-hmm. But then maybe conversely, like think about things that are, you know, you can probably, you know, consume all you want and it's going to be nothing but good for you, but maybe it doesn't taste all that good. You know? In fact, maybe it's something that you need to consume, but it doesn't taste all that good. Like tofu? <laughs> no. Shoot. Bad guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is there something like that? Does this analogy apply to what we're talking about? I think that it does. I'm I'm trying to think of, I don't know, raw spinach. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Right. It's good. But is that is that what I want to, I don't know, d- do I want like a whole bowl of that every meal? Like not accompanied by other things that are right. maybe more palatable? Yeah. Yeah, probably not. No. Okay, I'm starting to. Never mind. <laughs> I'm starting to think of the like other things that might I, might go along along with that. You mean like can, well, can, candied walnuts? No, but I'm thinking like strawberries. Like, I want to say one time somebody told me beans is one of those foods that like you can't eat too many beans. Uh, <laughs> beans are only good for you. Um, maybe maybe it was nuts, but I think it was beans. But if you think about that, like my wife would differ. Right, I know where you're going with that. <laughs> right, we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But my point is this, but then you think about beans though, like what makes beans good though? Like they have to be seasoned. Like if you just eat beans, it's probably like pretty bland. Yeah, definitely. You know? And so, I mean, if you had your choice between eating nothing but beans, you know, like saltless plain beans. Yikes. And Starburst, (laughs) you know? Man, that's a bad situation. Like, so if if we if an EMP bomb goes off and you know things just sort of get toasted, technologically speaking, and you know we're in a kind of apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic situation, and that's what's left in the Walmart: <coughs> dried beans, no salt, or you know like a super pack of Starburst. I mean, we we've reached the end anyway. Right. Bad situation. <coughs> And hopefully, very shortly thereafter, Jesus will come back, and, uh, <laughs> and then there probably won't be Starburst after that anyway. Right. Anyway, well, do you want to pray us out? 
Man, oh, I'm sorry. Was it, I didn't give you a final thought. Was did that I? my final thought? That was terrible. <laughs> well, beans. Be- be- beans are always healthy. Let me see if I can do okay. better. Let me see if I can All do right, better. Better final thought. Take better two. You'll final, fix this in post. Better. No, we're going to let it ride. People need to see that, uh, you know. How organic this is. Yeah, yeah, there's a good term for it. Organic. All right, what's the final thought? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hmm. Was that your final thought? The thing that you already said? Yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing where I said for my final thought, and then I said a final thought, and I talked about Proverbs chapter one. Mm. That was my final thought. Yeah. Well, I think I said something before that about discernment, so I'm just going to double down on that. Double down on discernment. So, when we taste something, there's the taste part, but then there's also the see part, and that seems to be the discernment. And so I guess I would just I would agree with you. Like, it seems like, once again, we have returned to the importance of wisdom. There's something about wisdom. There's something about wisdom. <laughs> Is that going to be next week? I think we've already done one on wisdom. Oh, shoot. Part two. Since next time you speak or share or lead. No, we're still on the fruit of the Spirit. We're still on the fruit of the Spirit. We're, we're only like love, joy, peace. We're only three in. How many yeah. are there? Like nine? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ready? Pray us out. Pray us out. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time of study, and we thank you for your scripture. We thank you that uh, there's so much wisdom in here, and we pray that we might take it, use it, apply it in our lives, pass it on to our children. And God, we pray that in all of our our encounters, uh, when we taste, we're able to discern uh, what is from you and what is from the world, and, and and to choose accordingly. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he died on the cross for our sins. In his name we pray. Amen. I have another final thought. Okay. I'm sorry. I've never done this before, like post-prayer. So, challenge. As you, the listener, and you also, Byron, as the other half of the Deuterocanons team, mm-hmm. and me, I guess. This is also a, a self-challenge as well. As, as we pay attention to, well, first of all, pay attention to the stuff that we watch, the stuff that we listen to, the stuff our kids are watching, listening to ingesting so forth and so on and see if the things that we are ingesting entertainment wise see if they harmonize with the scriptures or are discordant Mm. in comparison with with the scriptures and just start start some discernment in in that area sounds good cue the end